0: Uh, so, um, just a little story before we start, um, uh, when I was, um, uh, in Rome, uh, one of the things that, uh, I experienced there was I was able to actually be at, uh, Mother Teresa's beatification. And so that's where I, um, started to just grow in love for her. And, um, as you know, if you've ever been to anything like that or even watched it on TV, there's a very special grace present when the church um, is, is, is lifting up someone that glorified God um, in such an amazing way. And Mother Teresa, I mean, if, when people refer to saints, a lot of you have people say, like, Mother Teresa, and she's across the board, all religions and faiths, people have a real respect for her because, I mean, the number of awards she received is, like, outrageously amazing. Um, all over, from all different countries, Um, degrees, awards, honorary this, honorary that, but she always used it as an opportunity to be Jesus to people. She never like said, yeah, look at me, right? It was more, look at God. She would never say, look at me. She'd always say, look at God, which is really, if you think about it, like that's what makes the saints so appealing is they're not attached to themselves. They're attached to God. And and her theme kind of as I prayed through some of her, 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 she has the most amazing quotes, right? I mean, we've all probably read it. her quotes are like, but anyhow, I remember I was in my room in seminary in um, the North American College, and I remember I just used to visit the shelters because that was part of our seminary apostle, is to go out and to work with the, the missionaries of charity. So I would go to the shelters um, and work with the, all of the, the, the sisters there. And when I was at the shelter with the sisters, like, you know, there's so many cultures in these shelters. It was right by the train station in in Rome. And, um, you know, you had all these people from all different countries, and they didn't even know how to communicate because they don't know all the languages. So, you know, we would read like the gospel um, of the day. The nuns, were the sisters, the uh, missionaries would have us, the priest or the seminarians come in and read the gospel today, the and then they would try their best to translate it into all the languages and then we would talk about it. But what was amazing is, and I'm sure you've all experienced this, but the language of God, it, it supersedes and kind of goes above and beyond human language. Like you don't even need to really understand exactly what's being said in... The language of man but the language of god just kind of like breaks through and and i you know i couldn't like carry on a conversation much with these uh men at the shelter but um you could tell that they experienced god through us through the sisters and the sisters obviously and myself experienced god through them so something i really learned there is that it's not so much the words that are spoken it's the heart with which we speak them And if it's Jesus' heart and we're speaking it, it's going to affect people. It's going to transform their life. Um, And this is what Mother Teresa really did. She let God affect her. She let God get really close to her. And her heart, she totally, in many beautiful ways, gave her heart to Christ. And she always would use that term, our vocation is not anything but to belong to Jesus. She would say that over and over, belong to Jesus. We need to belong to Jesus. And and I'll share a few stories and quotes that I received from some of these uh, books I was looking through. But, you know, there's one where, you know, someone's like, my, you know, my vocation is to work with lepers or work with the poor or work with this or that group. And she goes, no, you're mistaken. Your vocation is to belong to Jesus. And I think we all need to hear that, right? It's, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this. It's like and Mother Teresa would say, no, you only have to do one thing. Give, and give yourself to Jesus, belong to Jesus. And however that plays out in our daily lives, we're all called to just belong to Jesus, right? So when I was in, again, in my seminary uh, in, in Rome, and I was um, in my room, um, and I and I and someone gave me this book, not this book particularly, but another book. It was one side was Italian, the other side was English. But it was like really just quotes of Mother Teresa. And real simple, but like super deep and profoundly piercing to the heart. Like you would read, I would read it. And it was almost like, you know, bottled up in that quote was like this amazing fragrance of God. When you read it, it was like... It brought you to tears because it was so powerful. And I'm like, you know, if I could open up a book and read a quote from this or that, but for some reason, when I would read a quote from Mother Teresa, I would get this amazing experience of simplicity, you know, um, love, simple, just belong to Jesus, real easy, simple, plain. And, and it it's hard to put in words, and I'm sure you've experienced this in different ways in your lives, but... You know, when a quote really, or a scripture, whatever it be, but when God's put his hands upon it and he's blessed it, then when you hear it, it changes you. It's like you're hearing from that saint. It's not like they're a thousand miles away, like when you have that scripture read, God actually becomes flesh through that quote or through that person. So. That's kind of how I began to really get to know more about Mother Teresa and um, just again serve and love um, the best that I could in imitation of how she used to give herself to the poor and um, and uh, so so with that let's maybe say a little prayer and just open our hearts to what God wants to say to each of us here in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit Lord we thank you for. This beautiful woman, Mother Teresa, whom you have called um, to a special life that we might learn more about what it really means to follow you, to belong to you, to experience your thirst within each of us, um, your thirst to give yourself to humanity, um, your longing, Lord, to uh, commune with us, to be one with us in good times and bad and sickness, health, rich and poor. To be with us, Lord, when we're, when we're up and when we're down. Um, and when our life's scattered and when it's gathered. To be with us always. And I just pray for the humility of our Blessed Mother on this Saturday. And that we may all allow God to be with us in moments when we feel like darkness is around us. Or moments where we feel like we are in the light. Wherever we are right now, God's inviting us all to allow Him to be our Father. So Lord, we do give you permission this morning to be our dear, loving Father. And Jesus, as you live in us and rejoice in us, may we let you leap for joy um, at the Father's love for for each of us. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you open our minds and hearts to this beautiful uh, truth that we are uh, not just people, uh, that we're not just numbers in this world, or um, we are your beloved children, your sons and your daughters. We pray for ourselves, for our family, friends, all those who are maybe wandered off, Lord, we ask that you bring them home to your heart. Pray for the children here and our, our family members, husbands, wives, children all over to just be more open to your touch and your love. And so we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Mother Teresa, pray for us, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So to start, I'd like to just share, like, I was just on an uh, eight-day silent retreat um, with IPF, and I just got back, actually, Tuesday, and um, um, one of the things I'd like to share with you is just a part of my journal that God gave me, Um, the whole mission of a saint, and each of our missions is one and the same. It's the mission of Jesus, right? There's no, like, we, we, yeah, we do that in very unique, individual, particular ways, as God calls us, our purpose in, in our vocation and in our life. But ultimately, our, our vocation is to reveal the Father to all those we meet. That's Jesus' fire and desire and longing and passion, was to reveal the Father to everyone he met. And that's what the saints do. They allow Christ to continue to be born again and again and again and again. So, you know that scripture, unless you're born again, really what that means is unless you let Christ be born again, you can't enter the kingdom. Because there's no way to the Father except through the Son. You know, like Jesus says, the Father knows the Son and the Son knows the Father. And anyone to whom the Son reveals Him to. So, there's something to say about the poverty Of simply knowing you and I can know nothing by our own efforts you can't do anything without God and that's something I think part of us believes that but I think a part of us doesn't believe that mean we think we can do things without him and that's in where our anxiety often is or our stresses or our, our sin is actually in that area right and so Jesus wants to reveal the Father, and he called, and we're blessed because in this day and in in this age, we have been given this wonderful grace of Mother Teresa, who teaches us uh, charism, teaches us beauty and truth about how the Father loves in such a reckless way. He's not afraid to go out to the darkest of places. Mother Teresa was drawn to the darkness. She wasn't afraid of it. She was actually drawn to the slums, to the hole in the wall, to the corners in the street. She was drawn to Christ's suffering, right, in the disguise of the poor. That was her whole thing. Jesus said, I would say again and again, I thirst, I thirst, I thirst. And in all of her, I don't know if you've all seen that, but in all of her convents and, or, or wherever the uh, shelters are or soup kitchens or um, whatever way they're served, there's that Jesus up there saying, I thirst. He, she always has a, a, a thing on the wall, you know, a cross. Jesus says, I thirst, right? And so she was experiencing Christ's thirst in her. And that's really the Father's thirst, is to go out and to seek the lost, to seek those, the, the, the broken, however it is. Now, listen, for that to happen in each of us, which is God's will, we can know that 100%, to go out, you know, go out and announce the gospel. That means go out and in flesh Christ. It's real simple, but it's not easy, right? So that's the mission of Christ in us. Now, for that to happen out in the world, like Mother Teresa, it didn't. she didn't just start doing that. She had to let Christ first love her poverty, right? Her darkness. Her brokenness, her inability. So, how much you let the Father love you when, particularly when you fail? Because it's easy to let God love you when you succeed, right? <laughs> but when you fail and fall on your flat on your face and you feel totally poor and ashamed and guilty and totally messed up and dirty, I found this little picture um, online. I was looking at. You know this little girl, she got into the plaster that goes on, you know, the drywall, and she was totally white. Like she covered herself in this plaster. And I was thinking about that's kind of like us as we get into things we shouldn't, and we cover ourselves and make a total mess. And there's another beautiful image, just to kind of maybe bring our hearts into this this uh, prayer time is and reflection is, There's this image, and they use this at IPF sometimes. I don't know if you've all experienced it, but there's a father that's painting. And then down on the floor is this little boy scribbling. And he just wants to be with his dad. And his dad's looking at the little boy as he scribbles all over the place. And the dad's not really thinking about, oh, he's not in the lines, he's not doing it right. The dad's just like, that's my son. And that's what we got to come to taste is we are the, the pride and joy of our father. And you have to let that happen to you. It, 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 we each have to allow the truth to happen to us. That's Jesus. Jesus wants to share his taste of the Father's love with you and I. He wants to share his thirst with us. And so it's very important that we attend to or, or pay attention to your deepest longings and desires within you, right? All prayer begins with desire. Mother Teresa was a very passionate, focused woman. She was after one thing, and that was to belong to Jesus, everything she did. It wasn't, her first vocation, and she would say it herself in a lot of the quotes I was reading, it's not to serve the poor. Her first vocation was, she said, to belong to Jesus. And everything she did, what we would call in our church, incarnational spirituality, to to incarnate means to enflesh, right? To Incarnational spirituality simply is, what really we're all called to as Christians, is to recognize Jesus in all of his children, the, all peoples. So when I'm, I'm, I'm sharing with you right now, I'm with Jesus, and you're with Jesus. We're with Jesus. He's in this room. And this is, again, what Christ saw and what we often see are totally two different things. Christ never separated the love he had for individuals from his love for the Father, Everything was, it's not like the contemplative life and then the active life. It was, there's, there's no, um, I was just reading, a, a, listen to this. Um, listen, it says, A contemplative is a person of God whose business is God's life. The one necessary thing that includes all other things to be sanctified. Such a person lives in a transforming presence of God in all things where the di- dichotomy between sacred and secular vanishes. That's powerful. The dichotomy where this is my church time, this is my prayer time, this is my time to be mom or dad or secular world or go and go to the store time, whatever it is. You know, it's like we, we cut up our day. And he's, they're saying a contem- true contemplative is someone who, there's a total vanishing of the sacred and the secular you to the pure all things are pure. So what I mean is a child, you know, they don't like cut up their day. It's it's a it's a day to play. They're free, right? They're going out. They're they're celebrating. They're always celebrating. So sacred and secular vanishes, as does the separation between action and prayer. When we live in this presence, said Mother Teresa, we pray the work. To make the work our love for God in action our love for god in action like so think about think of how this changes things when you see someone that irritates you think of it jesus is thirsting in them for your love now your focus isn't on the person in their frailty and brokenness as much it's on the jesus in them that thirsts to be loved so that when you love the jesus in them he'll be set free to live through them so often we're focused on, they said that to me. I can't believe that person said that. How could they say such a thing to me? And the Lord's saying, don't focus upon the, what they said. Focus upon my thirst within them. I'm, I'm crying out. Will you pick me up? Will you love me? Will you hold me? Will you give yourself to me in the suffering disguise of the poor? Starting with your own heart. So where's the slums in me? That's how Mother Teresa began in her spiritual journeys. She recognized her own poverty, her own slums, if you will, the dark places in her. And she let God come close to her there. And know a little later we'll have time for some reconciliation, but you can always go wherever. But that's the whole point of confession, is to let Jesus into the slum. To let Jesus, to, to, to see that I'm not bad, I'm not evil. I might struggle with bad choices or behaviors or, or tempted to do evil, but deepest down inside of each of us, you're, did you know that everyone in this room, what God sees is perfect, pure innocence? Because the desire that leads you and I to sin is the same desire that leads us to holiness. The only difference is when we use our desire to sin, the devil informs the desire. When we use our desire to be a saint and virtuous, we let God inform our desire. So who are you letting inform the desires that you've been given, which in all truth, it's the desire of Jesus, which is to what? Love the Father. So Christ in you, don't separate your deepest desires and longings from Jesus, because that is Jesus in you. He, the Word, think about it, the Father created you each All of us He created through His Word. He spoke your soul in the moment of conception. Yeah, the body comes from the procreative act of the mom and the dad, but the soul is infused at the moment of conception. And that soul, your soul, my soul, comes from God the Father. Your soul is created by God the Father through His Word and the power of His Spirit. So that means, and this is very important, please hear that means that you not in this way remember father but in your spirit there's a memory of where you came from in your spirit there is a memory of where you came from now we never pre-existed please we that's that's a heresy right we never pre-existed like christ right but but there's a deep, you could say a mystical memory stamped into our spirit. It's kind of like, if, you, if, if, if one of the kids came in and gave us all a piece of chocolate and then went back out of the room and then another one came in and said, there's no such thing as chocolate. Well, we could say, we tasted it. But imagine if 100 people came in and said, chocolate doesn't exist. And imagine if over and over every day we heard chocolate doesn't exist, but yet we know somewhere we tasted it. Let's say 80 years goes by, 100 years go by you still remember the taste of that chocolate, even though everyone's saying there's no such thing as chocolate. But yet your heart and your spirit know like, I know I tasted that, but we start to eventually become suspicious of our own desires. And like, well, maybe there isn't chocolate. And that's where the enemy comes in. He starts to bring us into darkness and to live in the lie. And so what I want you, the point of me telling you that is, that desire in you is the word through which you were formed, longing through you, sharing with you and I his own desire for the Father. And that's so important for the spiritual life because that's the core of who you are. That's your identity in Christ. Christ validates your deepest longings and desires. Christ validates our thirst because it's his thirst in us for the Father. And so as you go through your day in the secular, if you will, we must become living, acting contemplatives, meaning we're aware of who we are, Why we're here, we're not of the world, yet we're in the world, and we're on a pilgrimage and a journey to glorify the Father through the Son as he lives through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit allows Christ to be born again in me, live through me, desire through me, hunger through me, thirst through me, and serve the Father through me. Mother Teresa will say it. She she has many quotes. It's not me. It's all God. It's all God in and through me. And that's not taking our freedom away. It's actually celebrating the fullness of our humanity. Like for me to be the man I'm called to be, fully realize my masculinity is to let God have me. Because God through me will burn through me and set the world on fire through me as he wants to through you and as he did through Mother Teresa. So... In my journal, um, I was just really praying on, Lord, give me the freedom to allow the, the, my heart to hear him in me. I want to hear Jesus speaking through me so that I can remember who I am and where I came from. It came from the Father. You know, I was placed in my mother's womb, created on that day of conception. And as we are in the womb, obviously our little brains can't explain everything I'm telling you now. But at some point in our lives, we actually awaken, our intellect awakens to, this world can't give me what I want. And that's, listen, this is why, (laughs) this is, it's very scary and frightening to embrace your humanity, your deepest human desires, if you don't have faith. You actually will not embrace your desires in your heart without faith. You know why? Because faith says that obviously there's someone else that isn't of this world that can satisfy and validate my deepest desires, right? And so this is what, how Mother Teresa. this is how she grew, this is how she loved, this is how she served. She was totally living in this, um, I'm Jesus's and he's mine very like i don't know if you've ever heard stories of like when she would repose the lord after adoration she would hold jesus in like almost like it's some people would say it's almost like i don't want to look because it's so holy it's like a bridegroom and a bride loving each other like that's not meant for everyone to see that's just for her and mother teresa had that kind of love for jesus where so intimate and beautiful and pure it was almost like you know so, you know holy to the point where You let that happen with her and God and that reverence and that beauty in that. So in my journal here, I just want to share a little bit with you because I think it's, again, it goes again back. Then we'll get to some quotes of hers and share a little bit about um, some of her actual stuff. But it's all Jesus. That's what she would say. All Jesus. It is all Jesus. All for Jesus. So... And this is just my heart, just sharing with with God. He says, I'm just writing here, the Father is more attractive and beautiful than the most beautiful of persons. He created them all, all the beauty and goodness of the earth. He is so good and kind. He is far beyond the most good and kind persons you know. He's more than forgiving, more than understanding of your weakness, more than patient. He pays so much attention to you and he hurts when your heart is hurt the least of bit. He is so good, kind, and compassionate. He will defend you and fight for you. The Father never ever will discourage you, push you, or force you to do His will. He pursues you because He loves you more than the maddest of lovers, for more than you love yourself. You are so attractive and beautiful to our Father. He longs to spend time with you. He's pleased with you right now, just as you are. So just as I'm reading that, just pay attention to what's going on with you. Is Are you letting those words in? Are you letting your heart become validated? Meaning it's okay to desire what this world can't offer you. It's okay because that's actually what God wants because only he can give us what we want and desire. And he says here, he wants to give you a, more life, more hope, more joy, more peace, more patience and kindness more self-control, more greatness. He wants, your, he wants your best. He knows the best. And His plans for you are light years greater and better than your plans. He has endless gifts He wants to give you. Think of Father's like, He's more excited than a little kid on Christmas to give you this day. Like, imagine the little kids on Christmas morning. God's way more excited than that right now because you're here. And He gets to be with you. Imagine... You have, I mean, for if you have, imagine a little child not letting you pick her up. If you had a little girl or a little boy, imagine that little boy, or little girl saying, "They're never let you hold them or pick them up." You know that that would really hurt as a parent, right? Like that would hurt. Like your kids your kid is afraid of you, but there's no reason to be afraid of you. But but some stranger told them a lie about you, and now they no longer will let you pick them up. That's horrible. That's Satan. That's what he does to us. Stranger that he is comes in, lies to us, and then we don't let God pick us up anymore. And that's why Jesus came into the world, is to break that curse of death off of us. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He destroys the lie that Satan spoke about the Father, and he is the revelation of the Father so that we can let God pick us up. And if you let God hold you and become fathered, Don't live fatherlessly. Live knowing that your father delights in you. So his plans are light years better than ours, okay? He has endless gifts he wants to give you. He has a place just for you in eternity. He carefully planned your place in eternity. For all of eternity, he's thinking about you right now. He's always thinking about you. He created everything just for you. He sees you as the apple of his eye. His eyes sparkle with joy when he looks at you. He's more than proud to show you off and tell everyone that you are his beloved. He is holy beyond the greatest of your dreams. He fulfills your dreams a thousand times over. He's more than satisfaction and fulfillment of your heart and life. Think of your dream, hope and love of your life. He is that plus light years more. You are made for him. He made He is made for you. Or, you know, He's not created, obviously, but you know what I'm saying. He is the real person. He really listens to you. He knows your thoughts, desires, feelings, hopes, and dreams. He knows what excites you. He knows what you're afraid of. He knows all your sins. He knows what you're ashamed of. And He's still proudly calling you His child. He watches over you and hopes you'll ask him to enter into your life more and more. He knows when you feel alone. He knows what you run from and what discourages you. He is greater than all of that. You can't make him love you by performing or being good. His love for you can't be caused because there's nothing you can do to make him stop loving you. He loves you now as he'll love you for eternity. He never stops loving you and his love will never fail. His love isn't given to you because you do this or do that or don't do this or don't do that. His love is sturdy, constant in faith. Well, and just, the Lord just goes on and on sharing with me. But like these are truths that we're called to embrace, allow, affect us, and then go out into the world and share them. And so with that, just share a few of, um. again, I just grabbed a few books that I have on Mother Teresa. Um, but to share a little bit of um, some of the things we've been sharing, her, the first one I'd like to think about with you is living in Christ. And that's one of her things is living in Christ. It's no longer I who live, right? It's Christ who li- lives in me. That's what we've been talking about, Galatians 2.20. So listen, she says here, The work of Mother Teresa... her missionaries of charity even though devoutly completed devoted completely to the poor did not center around the poor as often as been represented by the press or the secular media whatever it be and as many of us might believe at times the truth is that it is centered on jesus christ that's very important mother Teresa's whole mission is about again her knowing that she belongs to him and everything she did was for him you know through him with him and in him we say that at mass right so someone asked who is jesus for me for you mother teresa and she says jesus is the word made flesh that's the first thing she said jesus the word made flesh jesus is the bread of life jesus is the victim offered for the sins on the cross Jesus is the sacrifice offered at Holy Mass for the sins of the world and for mine. Now listen, she says, Jesus is the word to be spoken, the truth to be told. Jesus is the way to be walked, the light to be lit, the life to be lived, the love to be loved. Jesus is the joy to be shared, the sacrifice to be offered, the peace to be given, the bread to be eaten, Jesus is the hungry to be fed, the thirsty to be satisfied. Jesus is the naked to be clothed. Jesus is the homeless to be taken in. Jesus is the sick to be healed, the lonely to be loved, the unwanted to be wanted, the leper to wash his wounds, the beggar to give him a smile, the drunkard to listen to him, the mentally ill to protect him, the little one to embrace him, the blind to lead him. Jesus is the dumb to speak for him. Jesus is the cripple to walk with him. Jesus is the drug addict to befriend him. Jesus is the prostitute to remove from danger and befriend her. Jesus is the prisoner to be visited. Jesus is the old to be served. To me, Jesus is God. Jesus is my spouse. Jesus is my life. Jesus is my love. Jesus is my all in all. Jesus is my everything. Jesus, I love with my whole heart, with my whole being. I have given him all, even my sins. He has espoused me to himself in all tenderness and love. Now and for life, I am the spouse of the crucified spouse, of my crucified spouse. Think about that. That is so simple, but so profound. Now, This isn't just nice, let's all sit down, sip some tea and coffee and cheese and wine and talk about Mother Teresa and Jesus and their intimate love. This is you and I. That's who we're called to be and live. This is what we're called to live. You gotta be a child to live this. Because when I was reading from my journal or when I was reading just that just now, is there a part of you that's kind of like, you know, listening but not hearing? Or hearing but not listening, I should say. To hear means, right, obedire means to be obedient to. Like, whether you get this or not, it's truth. Whether you understand this or not, it's truth. And you won't understand until you first believe. Augustine said that. We believe in order to understand. We don't understand first and then believe. We believe first, because that's what children do. Believe first, and then understanding will open to you. If you want to live in the kingdom, pretend... I would say, if you have a hard time believing that Jesus is in the person that you meet all day long, then I'd like you to do this. Pretend the whole day. Pretend the whole day that every person you meet, you're meeting Jesus. And at the end of that day, you're not going to want to stop pretending. You're going to actually begin to live and stay in the truth. And I say pretend because there's a part of us that's been formed by the world that's always suspicious of our Father and our presence of the Lord. John Paul II, whom Mother Teresa loved dearly, and I love the picture where she's holding his hand. Oh, that's the most amazing picture. Mother Teresa and John Paul are holding hands, on the, like, I think it's at St. Peter's on the steps or something, and I'm just like, there are two giants right there. I mean, amazing. But John Paul II said, Original sin attempts to abolish fatherhood. Think about that, original sin attempts, doesn't do it, but attempts to abolish fatherhood. Original sin, the Garden of Eden story is about the devil wanting to be your father because he hates God the Father and he doesn't want you to be fathered by God the Father. He He wants you to let him be the father of lies in your life, in our lives. And so the attempt to abolish fatherhood, meaning God's not gonna provide for me, I got stuff to do all day. I got to do this. You know, God's great when I'm praying in the chapel. God's great in my room when I get up in the morning or I'm reading my scriptures or journaling or talking to him or praying my rosary or chapel or just sitting quietly. God's great then, but God can't help me with, I got to go to the store. I got to take the kids here. I got to take the kids there. God can't help me with, you know, this and that that I got to do at work or put gas in the car. Lie, 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 lie. Wrong, 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 wrong. The truth is God can help you do all that. Because if you, it's not the way you think. The way we think is often, well, God can't get it in my car and put gas in it. But if you have love in your heart, if you let Jesus be born in you, you can't wait to go and put gas in the car because you're doing it for someone you love, which is Jesus, not your husband or your wife. You first do it for Jesus. And that's where we start dividing our spiritual life from our daily life. And that's why we always feel conflict in us. Because it is conflict, that's not truth. It doesn't bear good fruit. But to live like Mother Teresa and to live like we're all called to through our baptism, it means this, listen, you have to be a little child. You're gonna feel like a fool. If you believe, like, like the, the stuff I was reading in my journal, God loves me more than a mad lover. If you just like let that happen to you and just believe that, or if you have to pretend all day that God madly loves you and he just wants to be with you all day long. If you let that just get into your heart a little bit, you're going to change the way you live your life. You won't live like, oh, I got to get up, I got to go to work, I got to do this, I got to do that. I got to do as if everything's threatening my time. Like, you know what you're saying is? What you're saying is I'm not loved. That's what we, when we start worrying that all of our time's being threatened by everyone around us or life, that says one thing to me and that I've learned about myself. And that means I don't believe God has my best interest in mind. I don't really believe he's with me and I'm all by myself and I'm trying to be my own father. There's one God and Father, and Jesus came to reveal him. Mean, you don't have to do all that stuff by yourself. You don't have to live alone. As she says, you know, <laughs> um, it, Jesus is the lonely to be loved. The lonely to be loved. So when you feel lonely, that's Jesus in you. He wants you to let Him share with you. How he loves the father, but listen, we can actually cause Jesus to suffer in us by saying, "No, you can't let the father be your father right now." Because I gotta go put gas in the car, and he's like, "Can we do it with him?" And maybe you ever think about that, like, "Hey, can we go together?" I like to put gas in the car too. Can I do it with you? That changes everything, right? But the more you surrender, and these isn't this. Please hear, this isn't intellectual truth to just try to apply yourself. You need grace to live this. Grace alone will allow this to happen to you. Don't try to, you know, we learn all these things, we hear all these things, and we try to, like, do it ourselves. Again, the, the, the right way is humility, poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom, meaning what? God, you know, what I learned today, you know, was we were sharing at Pro Sanctity. That really resonates with me, and I want to live that. Can you begin to, Jesus? Give me the grace to live that way today. See, that's Christianity. Or the other way is, is I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. Um, I'm going to apply these things that Father Michael said. That's the Old Testament. That's that's the law without grace. Grace fulfills the law. The law of the spirit world, I'm, I'm sharing with you some of those things that Mother Teresa shared. But the grace of God fulfills and enfleshes the law in us and through us. And when we fall short of the law, it's not a time to be beating ourselves up, like, man, I should've did better, why didn't I do this? It's a time to say, God, you're still pleased with me, you're still with me, just like your little kids, they're scribbling, like the, the kid on the ground scribbling while dad's doing the, the amazing painting. He's looking at, he stopped painting to look at his son scribble. We all scribble all day long. And God's like, are you, look, are you more worried about God seeing you going outside the lines? Or are you looking at God's delighting in you as you scribble? You're trying to be like him. The father's just like, wow, my little boy or my little girl, just trying to be like me. I that, that warms his heart. So try not to focus on the law, meaning all the lines, which are important, but that comes with time. As Mother Teresa would say, let's see if I can find it here, but she says, you know, um, she said that, you know, the... the Look how the flowers grow in silence. I mean, I love, again, her quotes here. I, I'll find it here. So I, I know I got it here. Let's see. Here, the need for silence. Here we go. Let's see. She says here. Yeah, she says, listen, see how nature, the trees, and the flowers, and the grass grow in perfect silence? See the stars, the moon, and the sun, how they move in silence? Go outside and participate in their silence. Ponder how you can glorify God by just being what you really are. Children, right? Like think about it, see how nature, like learn from the trees. Remember Jesus said that in Matthew chapter six, total dependence on God. Look how God clothes the trees of the field and the grass and the flowers of the field. Like, look how he clothes them. Solomon and all of his splendor is not clothed like one of these. You who are far greater than the birds of the air and, and the flowers of the field, how much more does your father want to clothe you and care for you? Okay? So, you know, at times it's good to try to, like, you know, pause and shut out all the noise around you for a few minutes and just be still. Close your eyes and gently close your eyes and take a deep breath. Invite God um, to your inner self. Just invite God into your soul and He's there. Just invite Him that you might be with Him there and just listen. And after a moment or two then just journal out what you're experiencing as God in you is teaching you in the silence. One of the suggestions that was cool in this book I thought is like they're like Pour a cup of coffee or tea and sit quietly and drink it. And just just think about God as you're drinking your tea. It's kind of like a kid with a pacifier. Sometimes you got to stick something in your mouth to shut yourself up, right? Like, we're like little babies. Like, really, tea and coffee is the adult pacifier. I mean, we all, we're all like, we like little crying babies. Like, we're like... You know, and, and God's like, have a cup of tea. He's like putting a pacifier in your mouth. He's like, chill out. I love you. I'm with you, like... Take it easy here. You know where you take some coffee again. It's like a pacifier, really. It's like God's way of saying, just, just let me hold you. Like as you're drinking that cup of tea, just say nothing, please. Just let me hold you and love you. And, and as you drink that tea or coffee, like for the length of that time, just let me love you. And that's the beauty of again what Mother Teresa's is teaching is: the flowers grow in silence. God's caring for them. They're not flowers. Aren't worried. Oh my gosh! You know what am I gonna do? You know. The trees aren't worried. that The sun move. Look, Look how they move in silence, she says. That's how we're called to move, in silence. But see, you're not going to be quiet if you don't know you're loved, right? Like a little kid that's not loved or doesn't believe mom and dad love them, they're never going to play again. That's sad, isn't it? There's children in the world that can't play because mom and dad aren't there. I mean, that breaks my heart. So it's like God wants to love us so much. And so just just know who you are. Mother Teresa, is, she's trying to teach us that. Like you're loved, you're precious, you're beloved. And she lived out of that. And she didn't always feel it. I'm sure as you've read uh, her journaling or some of her stuff, she lived in a lot of darkness at times. But I don't know if people always understand that, but like, like Mother Angelica, she carried the sufferings God let her carry and share in his passion, why? Because to make the mission of EWTN fruitful, the, the, the cross, you know, is, the cross is, that's okay, there's, yeah, I know there's crosses over there, does isn't, but like, the cross is the, the, the wedding bed where Christ and his church make love. And when you're lifted up on that cross, you are becoming fruitful in the spiritual realm. And so the birth pains of being laboring on the cross, the church labors. Mother Angelica was in labor for the birthing of EWTN. Uh, Mother Teresa was, see, the world, you know, the world, just, it has you'll never understand it. Just accept that, right? The world we live in will never get this stuff because you need to have faith, and it's a gift that God gives us. So humility, simplicity, faith. <coughs> the, the cross That mother teresa carried that dark times of her life that was her laboring in christ to give birth to the mission as she would be leaving this earth god said i gathered all these graces as you labored in your life and now all of those labors mother teresa was enduring are now as the missionaries of charity continue their mission are being poured out upon those sisters and brothers and priests that are serving that charism so That laboring that we go through is for the fruitfulness of our mission. So doing things out of love for Jesus aren't going to always be fun, right? You know, it's not always about what's, you know, we know that, I know, but like I would like to have fun all the time, but (laughs) that's not reality, right? Being a lover of God means at times you're going to have the cross, You know, he says, come to me who are burdened and laboring. I'll give you rest. So that means you can actually, you can actually still rest on the cross. Mother Teresa, you didn't see her stop smiling. And she was on the cross. And how many people knew what she was going through? None. Maybe her spiritual director and a few people, a friend. That's it. No one else knew what she was carrying in here. And she used to tell her sisters, if you can't smile, then I don't want you with the poor. You know, like you need to smile. And I always, you know, we've always heard it. If you don't feel it, fake it until you do. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it, right? Right. Fake it till you make it. like, Because if you believe in God, you can, in faith, you can smile because you know the promise is coming that you'll be actually smiling from the heart. So smile in faith. If you don't yet smile because you feel it, or you're like there, it's okay. Smile in faith. And then God will make, grace comes through faith. Remember that, right? Grace comes through faith. So if you smile in faith, grace will make it in flesh and it'll be Jesus' smile through you. You know, if you're um, (coughs) um, worried, like, you know, like, oh, I messed up, God's not with me. um, Believe he's with you until you, grace brings you to that place. Grace will bring you to the place, but you have to, Make an act of faith. Often what we do, where we mess up, right, is we use our own efforts. And then God's like, it's like a kid trying to tie their shoes the first time. They tie a bunch of knots. And it's, you might as well just say, I don't know how to tie this shoe. You could save yourself a lot of knots. That's why Mary, undoer of knots, right? She has to untie all of her children, get all tied up in knots. And then we start crying. You know? You know, it's like a kid trying to tie a shoe. It doesn't know how to tie a shoe. Like, they'll tie a bunch of knots. They'll do a lot, but... And, and again, can you, can you still hear, though, that God still delights that you're trying? He's not saying, like, man, what's wrong with you? Why are you tying your shoe? You can't do that. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? No. Surrender to the silence that Father will give you what you need, when you need it, how you need it, where you need it. So, living in Christ This is how she lived. Jesus is to be lived, to be loved, you know. And she says here, we are contemplatives in the midst of the world because we touch Christ 24 hours a day. I love that. We touch Jesus 24 hours a day. Now again, you got to be a little foolish to live that way because the world is going to say, that's not practical, you can't touch Jesus 25 years like, ago. Like pray without ceasing. That's not, impo- that's not possible. How do you pray without ceasing? I got stuff to do. I got all this stuff I got to do. You know, Lord, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And on and on. The list goes on. We all have our lists, right? But you can do it all with him, in him, and through him. It's all for him. And again, this is a grace to ask for. Don't try to earn it or make it happen. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you should find. Knock and the door will be open. It says it might be opened, or it could be open. It says it will be open. This is a grace that God, you have a 100% guarantee that God will give you this grace. He's not going to say no to living in Christ. <laughs> He's never going to say no to that. And just a little thing uh, to kind of share. One thing I used to do when um, I used to. Uh, um, on my bed, I, I taped these. I, I would, God would give me prayers that he wanted me to pray for, for graces that I need. Like, Lord, mm-hmm. as I understood more what living poor in spirit was, I had to pray it every day because if I stopped praying for it, I would, stop, I would start losing it. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, help me to be a child today. Because if I don't ask him for that grace, I'll start um, ignoring the child, devaluing the child. I don't have time for the child. And, and just a little footnote, as you know, Mother Teresa was huge. The greatest destroyer of peace, she would say, would be abortion, right? She says, how can we ask others to be a peaceful world when we are encouraging mothers to, to kill their own baby in the womb? Peace begins here. Life begins in the beginning. Peace begins right off the bat. But, like, think about this. We're all guilty of spiritual abortion. We don't let the child in us live. I don't have time to tend to my heart. I'm too busy. You know what that is? That's a spiritual abortion. You basically said to the child that you are, you're not important. I don't have time for you. I got other things to do. And that's outwardly infleshed and manifested in the actual abortion industry where we actually take the life of children. But taking the life of children is reflected because I take the life of the child that I am. It's not allowed. This little boy in Michael is not allowed to live anymore because... We got things to do. Inconvenience me. Don't inconvenience me with what's going on in your heart right now. We do that to ourselves. We take the life of the child that we are. We can't do that. We have to say, Jesus, help me to love the little child in me. And you know the scripture about the mustard seed, right? Here's what I want you to think. Jesus says, it's the smallest of seeds. Yet if it's planted and you know tended to and cared for, it becomes one of the largest of so trees where the birds of the air rest in its branches, right? Think about this. I'd like you to think of the mustard seed as the most, the least worldly, as far as the world, is, according to the world standard, the mustard seed is that part of your heart that is seemingly insignificant. That part of your heart that you're like, I don't have time to journal right now because I got a lot to do. I don't have time to sit and listen to like my feelings and my heart because I got stuff to do. Again, I don't have time for what a little kid wants to show me a flower because I got stuff to do. I don't have time, you know, like little kids, you know, they're playing, they're great, they're doing their thing, but they're not really doing the real stuff. We as adults are doing the real stuff in the world. Wrong, wrong, wrong. The kids actually are doing the real stuff. We're doing the stuff that basically gets us in trouble, that the world just tells us all these things. So. If you take care of the little mustard seed, the little one in you, if you take care of the smallest of thoughts in you, if you love your feelings that you think like, I, I've had this feeling so many times, get over it. How many of us have told our kids, get over it? I mean, there's some truth to that at times. <laughs> but, but we got to pay attention to it. get over it's fine, but that doesn't mean it's not important to tend to the heart of the child or to our own hearts. And so Mother Teresa, that's why she cared for those who no one else cared for. Because she learned to let God care for her in the smallest of ways. What did she say? Do little things with great love. God doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. Successful, no. Faithful, yes. What does that mean? Be faithful in loving the little, unknown, nobody's, of the world, but that ain't gonna happen genuinely if I don't first love the little nobody in me. That, oh God, why would God's? You know, God's, God's working on subatomic nuclear particles. Why would He care about this super little thought I'm having or this feeling I'm having? You know, who am I? God has a whole world to take care of. Lie, 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 lie. The enemy's trying to rob us of fatherhood. God wants to father us, okay? So we're contemplatives in the midst of the world because we touch Christ 24 hours a day. I'm just going to read a a few of her. um, Again, this is just, just a thought. How do you experience God in your life? These are just some questions they give. It's really good. When do you feel, what do you feel when you hear Jesus say to you personally, you are in me and I am in you? how does that make you feel when Jesus says to you right now, "I'm you are in me and I'm in you? Okay? Now, listen. She says, a man, a follower of the Hindu religion came to our home for the dying at a time when I was busy curing the wounds of the sick person. He watched me for a while in silence. Then he said, since it gives you the strength to do what you do, I have no doubt that your religion has to be true. Since it gives you the strength to do, she was doing it with joy. Like, how, what's wrong with this woman? You know, there's a lot of things you could be doing. Why were you, like, this, you know, like, how does that give you so much joy? See, that's how the world, this is how we confound the wise of the world. He reveals these little things to the hidden and to the childlike. We, like, why are you so happy today? Like, I always, when I see Teresa, I'm always that way. Like, man, she's like, she's so happy all the time you know like I ask that sometimes like she's so happy she's a happy person because she's living she's she's striving to live Jesus right she has a joy in her heart so we're all called to have that joy in hearts that I'm not saying superficial or like again but sometimes yeah you got to be happy in faith because you're not there yet right grace will bring you there but see that's really secret key and beautiful guys that's the treasure in the field when you're not feeling it that's okay Live it in faith, and grace will bring you to the place that you choose to live in faith, okay? Just trust the Lord, and he'll do it. Now, there's a, um, uh, it says here, our vocation is the conviction. This is important. Faith brings conviction. That's different from just head knowledge, heart, you're convicted in your heart. Our vocation is the conviction that I belong to him. Because I belong to him, he must be free to use me. I must surrender completely. Why are we here? We must be heard. We must have heard Jesus calling us by name. That's why you're here today. Do you know that? You heard him calling you by name. You might not be able to like connect those dots always or like you someone maybe didn't ask you but if someone asked you to come to this, that was Jesus calling you by name to be here. We are like Paul, she says. Once he realized the love of Christ, he cared about nothing else. He did not care whether he was scourged or put in prison. For him, only one thing was important Jesus Christ. Father, I hate to stop you. Okay. We have okay. Cool. Very good. Thank you. Well, praise God. Praise God. I just want to, let me leave you with, I want to leave you with one question here. Then you guys could maybe take it into your adoration time in prayer. Um, Let me find it. Here we go. Okay, it says here, you know that God understands you, loves you, and knows what you experience every day. Your journey, your struggles, your rest, your work, all your ways. How do you react to that knowledge? I want you just to like stay with that in your prayer, maybe at adoration. How do you react to the knowledge that God understands you? He loves you. He knows what you go through all day long. Do you feel loved, supported, fearful or unworthy, joyful, indifferent, burdened, strengthened? So I want you to think about that. Be still and know that I'm God. And I want you to contemplate. That God understands you. I want you to put the focus on God and what He sees when He looks at you. Maybe use that image in adoration of the little kid scribbling. And pay attention today and every day. Mother Teresa says, I'm only a pen in His hands, right? Mm. I love that scripture, or that word she says. We're a pencil in His hands. We scribble. And so God sometimes just wants us to stop and look at Him looking at you as you scribble. That's my, I'd like you to make me make that a part of your meditations. He's looking at me scribbling right now. And what does he see? Does he see me outside the lines? Is that the kind of person, you, how you live? That I'm always outside the lines. God's like, man, why are you drawing like that? That's terrible. <laughs> or do you see the Father as a sparkle in his eyes, as you are his beloved son or daughter? So again, thanks. Um, maybe we could talk forever on Mother Teresa. and... Truths of the faith, but praise God, and let me give you a blessing before you go. And I'll be in confession. I think during adoration, and then we'll have mass. The Lord be with you Amen. through the intercession of bless or Saint Mother Teresa. May God bless you, fill you, soak you, and just make you aware of how He looks upon you with the greatest tenderness, gentleness, and love. And May you not be afraid to let that little child in you embrace that truth, and may you live foolishly for Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Bless you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you.